Welcome to the show. Who's this? Oh, you know who it there is. There he is. There he I is. I heard you call me out already this morning. No, no, no. Bob, I said great listener, uh, very handsome, completely yoked, uh, is uh, very intelligent, but backs Mike Budenholzer. So I gave you a lot of compliments. I, have, I give you a lot of compliments first. I am bre- putting the brakes on the booty bashing right now. What? Tom, or, uh, uh, come on. Okay, what was what was the Bobby. score at halftime? Uh, Bucks were up by 16. All right, so you're telling me between the first half and the second half, Booty completely forgot how to coach, and yes. we got to blame everything on him and fire him. Uh, Mike Budenholzer falls victim to never making adjustments, Bobby. And one thing about professional sports is teams make adjustments. That's what happened uh, at halftime, I think, for the Brooklyn Nets. And then all of a sudden, okay. I have to respectfully disagree with you on that one. First of all, he coached a fabulous first half. I, I have to be honest with you. I was amazed at how bad the defense was the second half. But he cannot get out there and guard guys. That's true. Clearly the game plan was on point. But the execution by the players the second half. Everybody wants to fire Booty. Does somebody think that another coach is going to come in and if Brooklyn was at full strength, that the Bucks would just blow them off the map? Well, I mean, let's be honest with the conversation. Everybody said, if you look at talent, Bucks versus um, the Nets, that um, they yeah, have on more paper, talent. On paper, yeah, they're, they're better, yes. Correct. So I just don't think that firing Booty, I think he's taken all the heat for some players. Like you said, where did, Mil- where did Middleton go? Oof, it's not good, Bob. When we, when we talk about it in a bit, it's not going to be good. Right. So where did Middleton go? And I, I my boy Splash Mountain, I don't know what happened in the second half, but he was standing underneath the the uh, net, and this dude went right around him and dunked on him, and that just ain't right. So, well, but, Bob, that seems to be the problem with a lot of those guys once they get past the first round, especially Lopez in the playoffs, Middleton in the playoffs. They just they disappear. And I agree with that, but that's not on Booty. That's on them. So I mean, he's working with the team that he has. So, Rowdy, you have to agree with me a little bit on this. I hear you say fire Booty on one hand, but let's be honest with you. If Middleton's not making – he's got to count at Middleton to be 100% of Middleton to win these games. If Middleton doesn't show up, he can't, you know, pull magic out of a hat. To be, <laughs> to be fair to both the points that uh, you just said – Yes, I wanted Budenholzer fired after the debacle in the bubble, but I also wanted the Bucks to kind of blow up their nucleus yeah. at the same time. <laughs> wanted so I Middleton wanted Middleton gone. gone as well. So I was in the... Bob, I'll, I'll say this. The subbing and the execution of uh, the game plan for Mike Budenholzer are not good. Even Giannis Dendekumbo after the game basically said that Mike Budenholzer told him he's not allowed to guard Kevin Durant. And then for firing a coach, uh, the Toronto Raptors, they had Dwayne Casey, who won the NBA Coach of the Year. They fired him and then hired Nick Nurse. The Raptors went on to win the NBA uh, Finals. I'm sorry, man. I just I can't. I respectfully can't agree with you. I got it back. That's to what. Booty. That's what. And that's you why know we what? love debate here, Bobby. It's all good, brother. Okay, so today is what the 16th or 17th of the month. Uh, 16th. 16th. So you've already used your apology this month. Am I correct? <laughs> you are correct. Yes. All right. So when they go on to win this series. <laughs> You will just be rolling in time for that apology for next month, correct? No, no. If this does happen, Bob, I will. I will make an uh, uh, exception here and apologize to not only Mike Budenholzer but to you as well. 
Well, I don't want the apology because I don't. I have not earned it. But I, the booty. I want to hear you say, "I apologize to the booty," live on air. You got it, Bob. Bobby, I will write it down, and I know you'll make me honest and hold me to it. So yes, if that happens, I will apologize to the booty live on air. Damn straight, Skippy. I will hold your feet to the fire. <laughs> I know you will, Bob. So, That's why I love you. You cannot blame Booty. I finished with, you cannot blame. He had the perfect game plan. Clearly, they were up by 16 points at halftime, and I respectfully disagree. There is no way he forgot to coach the second half. The players let him down. I think the game plan was solid. They didn't execute, and that you cannot pin against him. You got it, brother. All right. Much love, Much boy. love, Bobby. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Later, bye. There he is. All right. I Listen, Budenholzer, got to go. Got to go. Let's go to Steve. Hey, Steve, what's up, man? Good morning, friends. How are you? Oof, we're going through it today, Steve. We're, a, <laughs> we're, a, we're in a glass case of emotion. How are you? Good, good. Hey, I want to get to the Bucks, but first, um, a quick note on the Brewers. If it wasn't for their pitching, can you imagine what their record would be? <laughs> <We> would be. <laughs> if we were all pissed last year with their performance... Well, we'd be even more pissed this year. Steve, it would well, not be good. It would not be good. So the Bucks, I, I, I agree with you on, on, on Coach Bud um, to, to an extent. Um, he is terrible at making adjustments. Um, yeah. You know, if you look on the net sideline, they got Mike D'Antoni as the assistant coach. Some of that might go to his staff, too. Totally. Um, I don't know who Bud has on his shoulder, but... Um, they probably share some of the blame. As oh, far as yeah, sorry about that. I didn't mean to. Step no, no, on no. You. I didn't mean to step on you. I was. Uh, yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That it, it's Mike Budenholzer is the guy that obviously stirs the the stick that stirs the drink of the coaching staff. So it falls on his shoulders. But yes, when you got a Mike D'Antoni on your bench for the Nets, then yeah, that's a that's definitely a good thing. Probably better than what the Bucks have. Yeah, um, you know, and and, and and the GM has a little bit of a hand in this too. Um, he screwed up at the beginning of the year. He screwed up that Bogdanovich deal. Can you imagine if the Bucks had Bogdanovich to go with Drew Holiday? No, I forgot. I honestly forgot about them screwing botching that thing up. Yeah, you're right. So he he deserves some of that because we've been trying to patch guys in there. You know, we took a guy like Divincenzo who we basically discarded, and then said, "Oh, come on back. We want you now." Yeah. And and um, we really miss him more than people realize. Oh um, yeah, big time, big time. It, he, just for the little things he does, it's not always scoring. We got guys that can score, yeah. right? We I think we led the NBA in, in, in scoring. It's 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 the little things. It's the rebounding. Uh, I think that Brooke Lopez looked like a lost man. He looked like he should give him a white cane out there. He didn't know what the hell to do with himself. <laughs> he was lost. You know, this is where adjustments come in. I know he was a factor at the beginning of the series. Now he's lost. He was he. We had Bucks would kick ass in in offensive rebounding. I, I don't. I didn't see the stats from last night, but they didn't happen last night. It looked like the Nets were getting two and three shots at it. It's it's crazy, Steve. I mean, Rowdy's got some stats over here about Chris Middleton in the final eight minutes of the game. So Chris Middleton is the alleged number two, right? You know, Giannis Dendekumbo, he's Giannis Dendekumbo is not a Kevin Durant. We know that he can't have an out, he doesn't have an outside shot. Giannis Dendekumbo, he's the number one. The number two had disappointed him. Kevin Durant last night, who is now the best player in the NBA, his number two was Jeff Green. Jeff Green was yep. a man possessed. He scored 27 points. Jeff Green. Well, that's who beat him. That's who beat him. It wasn't Durant. It was Green. He, could, he couldn't be any more wide open than if I was at the park shooting in a, a <laughs> horse contest with him. And, and I don't know. 
I couldn't really tell on TV whose guy was it. Um, I I don't know who was that because they keep switching guys yeah. on Durant. Yeah. So I don't know whose guy that was. But if you look at it, and then the famous PJ Tucker, they certainly figured him out. Yeah. Um, PJ Tucker was nothing. He had zero. Night. He had zero, zero. points. He, he, he was a non-factor, and he, that's where coaching comes in. Yeah, he's tasked to guard Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has one of the greatest performances ever in the history of the playoffs, and PJ Tucker is there of thirty-three minutes and zero points. And I, you know, I, I know they made a big deal when they picked him up, like he was the the missing link or something. And I thought, well, if he's so good, why is he expendable? You know, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. so he might have had a moment here or there. And I, I don't like guys that play because I like, I don't like. Irving being hurt. I like to watch. The, I appreciate the talent in the NBA, and I don't like guys that play chippy. We'd have a problem with P.J. Tucker if he was pulling that stuff on Giannis. But because <laughs> right, he's, right, I know. He's our guy, so we'd cheer for it, you know. So, um, so but I I think really you had it hit the nail on the head. It's Green hitting those wide-open threes. <sighs> and if you, if you saw the TNT halftime show, yeah. they hit the nail right on the head. The Bucks should have been up by double what they were. Yeah. And in in the came, third quarter, Steve, you could feel it. You could just feel like the Bucks all of a sudden were panicking. They're up 17, they panicked, and then no one could ever like calm them down. It was sad. Sad, sad. And, and you know, their adjustment they made for this game was let's take let's take Brooke Lopez out of the middle where he was a rebound. Let's put him by the corner. Let, let him sit in the corner and chuck up some, <sighs> some a, a three here or there. And uh, I know that sometimes he clogs the lane with um, Giannis in there, but that's one advantage the Bucks had was in the post. Yeah. And and uh, they 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 negated their own advantage. They put it all on all on Giannis's shoulder. You know, Holiday didn't have a great game either. Um, he's he's great defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, he he. So that's where the Bucks have a missing yeah, piece. And I'll put man. that on horse. They need they need they need they need. And it's, it maybe this sounds stupid because it's it's not how many points you score because they led the and yeah, scored. Yeah. It's when you score. It's yeah. how you score. Yeah. And you got to play a little b. Totally. A little b. Steve, so, always a pleasure. Love your phone calls lately, man. Keep them coming. Okay. All right. Thanks, right, guys. Have a good day. Good, you too, Steve. Good stuff, man. The Bucks. Yikes. Kevin Durant just balls. Kevin Durant. He didn't go to Texas for one year. He went to Ball So Hard University. That dude put on a display. Wow. All right, Rowdy. So Kevin Durant's number two last night was Jeff Green. James Harden was a shell of himself. James Harden looked like he was like a um, a, a clone that was malfunctioning. Like it wasn't it, <laughs> it wasn't the James Harden we're used to when he put on a couple of LBs. Jeff Green was the number two for Kevin Durant last night. And Jeff Green actually held his own. And more, like, Jeff Green played out of his mind. Jeff Green looked pretty damn good last night as he scored 27 points in 35 minutes. In fact, he was plus 12, his plus minus on the court. Rowdy, Giannis Adendokounmpo, uh, he led the way for the Milwaukee Bucks. He had 34 points. You know, it's uh, he's actually 50% from shooting threes, which is rare for him. He only had four, made two. He was four for seven, shooting his free throws, 14-22 overall. Giannis, for the most part, had a damn good game. It was at the end, though, when uh, he kind of faltered, especially when he flubbed that ball down low in the remaining seconds, and then that was uh, the game. But, Rowdy, Giannis's number two would be Chris Middleton. Now, a lot of Chris Middleton guys' fans, uh, stands, I would say, Chris Middleton stands, were puffing their chest out high and mighty on Chris Middleton after the opening round of the NBA playoffs. And you're like, well, okay, that was the Miami Heat who were a shell of themselves from the year before. Good on Chris Middleton for being able to beat a uh, a lesser team in the Heat. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, against the Nets, Chris Middleton has had some unsavory games. 
And Rowdy, when he is your number two, paid as your number two, actually is the highest paid guy in the court for the Bucks until Giannis Dendekumbo's contract supermax kicks in. Chris Middleton, Rowdy, did what? Oh, and tell the folks what you bet on last night first. So first off, I want this out there as a full disclosure. I do not think Giannis is a superstar because he can't score from everywhere on the court and literally put a team on his back like KD did last night and win a game against a, a high-leverage, good basketball team. So that's out there. Also, I do not think... <laughs> <laughs> so that's out there. I also that's been not... out there for a while, though, Rowdy. <laughs> There's that. I also do not think that uh, Chris Middleton is a respectable number two. I, be- I believe that. I, I, I think if you're going to win with Chris Middleton on your team, he's a really, really good number three. Agreed. And um, so the bet, one of the bets that I placed last night was Chris Middleton under, it was 35 and a half points plus rebounds plus assists. So you add up his points, his rebounds and assists, and it had to be under 35 and a half. Mm-hmm. I thought that that ship was sunk because in the after the first quarter, he was on pace to crush that. At halftime, he was on pace to beat that. Halfway through the third quarter, he was on pace to beat that. And then all of a sudden, it was the fourth quarter, and there was eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Eight minutes left in the fourth quarter when things are so magnified in the NBA, that's when the big boys play. Chris Middleton knocked down a, a jump shot, and all of a sudden, his totals were up to 34. So I go, oof. I'm I'm screwed yeah, here. You're dead to There's rice. eight minutes left, and all he needs is basically one basket or any combination of two points, you know, whatever. Yep. I think I'm done. <laughs> the last eight minutes of the game, Chris Middleton goes 0 for 4 from the field, does not collect an assist, and has just one rebound. Finishes with a total of 35. Also did not pass go. Didn't collect $200. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. One rebound. And four missed shots is all your number two could muster in the last eight minutes of the game. Eight and, minutes. And one we, rebound and 0 for 4. An activist, to, McGuire. To yes. talk back towards uh, your number one and your comments yesterday about if you foul out in the NBA, you're not a good player. Giannis fouled out in the NBA. Well, it's because he's a hack. <laughs> so say that one more time, Rowdy. In the final eight minutes of the game last night, this is the crunch time. This is when players who are giving you know money to be your ones and twos shine the brightest, allegedly. In moments like this, in the final eight minutes of the game, Chris Middleton, the Bucks number two, who, by the way, played the most minutes last night for the Bucks at 45, did what? 0 for 4 with one rebound. Also had zero assists in that time. In eight minutes. In eight minutes. And here's the thing. That's why the Bucks lost. That That's partially one of the reasons why the Bucks lost is because, and I've even said this for a long time too, at the end of the game when time's running down and you need a big basket or you need to play some, you're going to play some isolation basketball in the NBA, the Bucks' best option is Chris Middleton. He's the guy out of the everyone on their team that I would like to have the last shot because he is the, the, the shooter. He's the best player on their team for that situation. Mm. And when all of a sudden the guy that is the best guy to have the ball in his hands late in the game because it can't be Giannis, <laughs> and he goes 0 for 4, and all he can grab is one rebound in the last eight minutes, well, there's another reason why you lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's and I would 
I don't want anyone else taking the shot besides Chris Middleton. You don't have any better options. That's why the number two and the number one on this team are a problem. <laughs> it's, it's, it's That's why bad. they're not going to win a championship. That's why I wanted Booty fired and I wanted the nucleus broken up after last year's disaster in the bubble. You're fired. 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 Ooh, I like that one the most. You're fired. You're fired. I like the one where he goes like this. You're fired. I like the death slap. You're fired. Uh, let's see here. It's like, you know how you have like uh, that friend that might have some issues in their life, and then they're they're always talking about it, and you basically know what they have to do, but they don't want to do it. Oh, we all have we all have a friend, if not a couple of them. Yes. It's like as Bucks fans or as Bucks front to office, it's like you know that you have a problem with Giannis not being able to score everywhere, not being able to be that yeah. Kevin Durant or LeBron James, and you know you have a problem <laughs> uh, that the number two is Chris Middleton and he just can't get it done to the level you need him to, especially when Giannis can't play at the level you need him to. <laughs> but you continue to try to do the little tiny fixes, <coughs> thinking it's, like, it's going yeah, to fix yeah. the whole thing, yep, but actually me. the all of it together just can't actually get it done. You're just going to have to completely scrap it and go in a different direction. Yep. Just got to start fresh. That's where it's at. It's like, uh, it's like that guy, that friend you have, he's like always, always in between jobs. And you know that he's always showing up late because he's out boozing the night before. It's like, Hey, Steve, or bad example. Steve just called in. It'd be like, Hey, Jimmy, the reason why you're late for work every day and they keep firing you is because the night before you're out till bar time getting boozed up, you know, hammered drunk. No wonder you're showing up late. You can't get up. Well, I can't figure it out, man. I just, my bosses suck. It's like, no, you literally keep showing up late to work because you're a booze hound and you can't get out of bed. What do you mean? Yeah, the real McSee tweets in. Tell me again how an MVP can be an MVP but can't be relied on to end the game. Well, it's a regular season award. Hey, Giannis was also the award first team all NBA yeah, yesterday. The statistics are nice, but uh, throw the statistics out of the window when it's uh, game time and there's 10 seconds left and you need a shot. It's wild. Bucks. Bucks. I think I think they'll win the Pfizer. If what happens game seven, though? I mean, Kevin Durant just gave you a little preview, I think. What a performance by the Slim Reaper. With the Bucks in this roster, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't think we're seeing it. Aaron Rodgers spoke yesterday, boys. Hmm. Rowdy and I were watching the videos in my office, and uh, we were chuckling at it a little bit because uh, my brother, Thor Sanity, big-time musky fisherman, and when he posts his pictures of the big musky <laughs> he catches, he'll wait a couple days or maybe a couple weeks to post it, but then when he does post the pictures, he blurs out the background. Yeah. That way no one can see where he's uh, fishing Yeah, because he doesn't want to give up his spots because the dude catches like friggin' hogs nonstop. I'll give you a hint. Madison Chain of Lakes. But I don't know why he blurs it out, but he blurs it out. You shouldn't say that. Uh, they're cutthroat musky fishermen, man. They're crazy. He's in the Madison Musky Club. They, they will like look for any kind of like inside track they can. So he blurs out the back of his pictures. Well, watching Aaron Rodgers yesterday because the match is coming up, right? Yeah. It's Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. Tom Brady the GOAT taking on Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau in the match. Well, uh, Tom Brady was looking like he was like in his house. Phil Mickelson was like looked like he was on his patio or something. Bryson DeChambeau was like in an office setting. And then, as my brother does with his musky uh, pictures, Aaron Rodgers, you couldn't tell where he was because he blurred out the entire background of where he was. It was whole, I, I just chuckled. I chuckled. And then I'm looking at the shirt he's wearing. 
And his shirt says, I'm offended. With a uh, emoji face that's going like, Meh. people, the, the, listen, we're a different breed of sports talk radio here on Over the Line. I think everyone knows that. Everyone can tell that. There's the old style of sports talk radio. I call it boomer takes, not boomer Esiason, but boomer takes. I was listening to some sports talk radio yesterday and the takes of Aaron Rodgers and the shirt he was wearing was absolutely hilarious. One of the funniest things I've heard in quite some time. The shirt Rodgers was wearing, uh, it was uh, you know along the lines of uh, some the boomer takes in uh, entitled millennial, a whiner, a complainer. Uh, he just wants attention. Look at that shirt he's wearing. I can't believe you'd wear a shirt like that. Well, I'm here to tell you folks that the shirt that Aaron Rodgers was wearing is from a comedian named uh, JP. He's uh, if you follow him on Twitter, on Instagram, you name it. He's hilarious. Very satirical about society problems. His name's Awaken with JP. One of the funniest comedians. I think he's hilarious. Yeah, and half half the people would probably be offended by it. Yes, and the shirt is Awaken with JP's shirt. He sells it. It's called Awaken with JP. I'm offended. You can buy the shirt for twenty five ninety nine. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a big fan of his. I follow JP Awaken with JP on Instagram. Aaron Rodgers does as well. I see a lot of the videos. Aaron Rodgers will like them or will interact with the pictures. Like he's a big fan of Awaken with JP. And I can't believe people haven't figured this out yet. And I, I'm surprised that the woke mob has not yet canceled Aaron Rodgers over this. So actually, I saw a really funny, funny tweet. Yeah. And it was by Cheesehead TV. Oh, yeah? And Cheesehead TV, if I'm not mistaken, was... Founded by Aaron Nagler. Yeah, Nagler yeah. and uh, Corey, I forget his last name. Yeah, so they founded Cheesehead TV, and obviously they're big Packer guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, Nagler, right, yeah. beat writer. Yeah. Like, not, he's, time, not a, he's not, not a beat writer. Not officially but, yeah. a beat writer, but, yeah, but he's in there, yeah. Big time Packers media guy. Yeah. The the Cheesehead TV tweet was hilarious because they, they somewhat recognized it, but yeah. they didn't get it. Oh, if well, that yeah. makes sense. No, it makes total sense. Like, they would be the people that are mad at Awaken of JP. They t- <laughs> they tweeted out, my friends, we are literally witnessing the greatest masterclass in trolling of all time right before our very own eyes. They're right to a point. Yeah, Rogers is trolling Because he so is hard. trolling super hard. But I almost see this as like that Cheesehead TV tweet is like Inception. You know, it's like a dream in a dream. <laughs> yes. So they understand that he's trolling, but they're not understanding how he's trolling. Exactly. Because if they understood how he was trolling, they wouldn't like those it. Those very people in their takes would be very angry. They would try to cancel Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, if you go and go to his Twitter account and you look at his likes and you go to his Instagram and you see what he's liking, a lot of the, the woke mob would not be a fan of Aaron Rodgers. So I found Aaron Rodgers, or I'm sorry, uh, Awaken with JP's shirt. Because I'm like, I'm like, I know I've seen that shirt somewhere. He was selling it in 2019, he started to. And I went and found it on his website, Awaken with JP. And it's the I'm Offended t-shirt. And the it's sold out. You can't buy it. It's So JP either hooked Rodgers up because they're both California guys. Or uh, Rodgers, who has been a fan of JP for a long time. He's probably had it. Yeah, he's, he's had it for a while. So the description of the shirt that is Awaken with JP, who is just hilarious, the description is this of the shirt. Getting offended is the number one way to bring joy and happiness to your life. But sometimes it can be tough to have the energy to get offended if you have bad habits like being kind, taking self-responsibility, or living with purpose. Luckily, 
This line of shirts is expertly engineered to show how offended you really are. So JP is just extreme sarcasm, satirical comedy. The people that are freaking out over Aaron Rodgers and the shirt he's wearing are the exact people that Awaken with JP is making fun of and Aaron Rodgers is therefore making fun of. It is an expert class in trolling the offended woke mob. It is hilarious. And the boomer takes two are hilarious as well. It's so funny. Rowdy, like, Rodgers is trolling and trolling hard right now, and people are, like, falling into the troll trap. It's incredible. It's truly incredible. Rodgers is sitting... Wherever he is in the blurred out background, I assume in Hawaii. No, I'm going to say laughing. Hot take. He's in uh, Brian Gutekunst's office. Oh yeah. Just yeah. didn't want people to know he's, they were yeah, working on a deal. He's probably at uh, the uh, Lambo practice facility right there. Just, just laughing. Just blurred out basement. I'm getting ready for July. <laughs> <laughs> so Rogers uh, had some things to say, and uh, he's he's trolling. He's got to be. Or architecture, even though blurred, kind of looks like it's Tom Brady's house. <laughs> Speaking of Tom Brady, so Tom Brady, Tom Brady is paired up with um, Phil Mickelson for the match. Aaron Rodgers was talking about it with Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson, and Bryson DeChambeau, who Rodgers is paired up with. And Tom Brady started to talk about having a partner like Phil Mickelson who likes to go for it. And then they started to make fun of the Green Bay Packers. You need to take a listen of what Aaron Rodgers had to say with these guys. It is gold. You know, at the, at the end of the day, you, know, you can you can say all you want, but Aaron and I are, are grinders and competitors, and, you know, just like y'all are, I, our golf games are a little bit better. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I do think you do have a partner that would probably have liked to go for it a little more often than he has in the past. So, Bryce, I'm glad you're encouraging him to, to kind That's of go Brady. for it when it's on the line. So rather than <laughs> Here's Rogers. Know, just knock into the fairway or something like that and try to try to play for the next shot. Yeah, I, I'll never, I'll never push anyone to do anything. So he can choose whatever he wants to do. I well, I usually don't get the option in my. That, that's what I mean. <laughs> you fi- you'll finally have the option, Aaron. So <laughs> I know the pain. So there you go, Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady basically saying that Rodgers never has the option to go for it for the Green Bay Packers, but Brady does with the Buccaneers. Aaron Rodgers agrees and says, "Well, I usually don't have the option." <laughs> Rodgers is not only trolling, but he's also taking shots at the Packers coaching staff and brass. Well, he can cool. leave. Did Tom Brady take a shot at Bill Belichick there at the end too? Yes. Because he said, I know, the I, pain. Know, I know the pain. I know the pain. And now I guess you would say, is Tom Brady saying he's freed himself? Yeah. And it, now he's in Tampa Bay? Yeah. And remember Bruce Arians saying, like, I'm, I let Tom Brady do whatever he wants. Yeah. I let Tom Brady decide you know, what he wants to do. He's running the offense. <laughs> and there he is, Tom Brady taking a shot at not only Bill Belichick, but Aaron Rodgers taking a shot at Matt LaFleur, and I would assume Mike McCarthy as well, and the Packers brass. Unbelievable. And Tom Brady doesn't get the credit for, one, how cool he is, and two, his humor. Because Tom Brady rules. I, oh, yeah, the... the He's not like the funny haha guy. It's just like inflection never changes. It's just like yep. He's like a dry humor. Like Tom Brady rules. Well, it's like everyone Bryce thinks that. I don't think he gets that option. Everyone <laughs> thinks that Aaron Rodgers is so smart, so like uh, calm and calculated. Yeah. Tom Brady's just as calculated. It just doesn't come off like that. Yeah. Right. Uh, now, RJ, you had something. You had said something to me. You're like, dude, did you hear the people freaking out about Rogers' shirt? And what did you oh. say? It's like, who, who, at the end of the day, who cares? It, it turned right into, I'm offended about what? 
What are you offended about? What are you offended about, Aaron Brothers? It's a shirt. It's a comedian's I mean, shirt that yeah. was up for sale. That's satirical. You know, who knows? A lot of, like Nelson said, a lot of it is calculated and he knows what he's doing. What if that was just a shirt on the top of the pile? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Maybe he's, it could be he's that. He's just in Hawaii having a good time. I mean, he's like, oh, here, here, I'm in this part of the rotation, my Awaken with JP shirt. Yeah, but, I mean, you have enough people out there who are weighing in on Aaron Rodgers who admittedly don't know the situation. Don't know the comedian, don't know the shirt, don't know anything. And you have the three people who seem like they've talked to him the most in AJ Hawk, James Jones, James Jones, I guess John Coon, John Coon all are like, just settle down. Yeah. James Jones tweeted a couple days ago. R-E-L-A-X. I mean, those three all make it sound like he's going to be a Packer this year. My, My favorite part is like, not only the boomer takes of like a lot of sports talk radio, like freaking out about Rogers shirt. I saw a bunch of articles being written about the shirt as well. Yeah. I'm like, you guys, it's, it's literally Awaken of JP. It's a comedian shirt that Rogers is a fan of. And you're falling into the same trap, the same joke that JP and now Rogers are making yeah. about how you're offended about everything when you should just take a breath, relax, and sit back. It's well, hilarious. It's trolling. Yeah, it's expertise trolling. Well, and then you, up until today, you had radio people who were, or just media people in general, who were on Roger's side, and now they're like, get rid of him. Get him out of here. Rowdy, you were smirking over there. You got something? No, it's it's Rogers with some great deception, because if you're going to compare him to Tom Brady, people got upset with Tom Brady having a hat in his locker. Well, Rogers is just deceptively wearing a t-shirt that... Yeah, might fall in line in the same line of thinking. It's hilarious. It's the trolling is off the charts, and people are just falling into the trap. It's I am just sitting back laughing. I've never loved Rogers more. I've never loved Rogers more. Tom Brady is still the best. It's time to just start unleashing the takes. Mike Budenholzer. Hey, Booty. You're fired. 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 If you, in case you didn't get the message, Booty, Rowdy, say it with me. One, two, three. You're, You're fired. fired. You should have been fired. <laughs> You're done, son. You're D-U-N. You're done. Okay. Saving outside of the Bucks, winning it all, coming back. They're on the brink of elimination, coming back, besting the Nets, besting whoever wins the, you know, series between the 76ers and the Hawks. And besting whoever you know is in there in the NBA Finals. Outside of that, Mike Budenholzer got to be gone, right? I think the only other thing that you could really uh, consider keeping him around is an NBA Finals, just at least an appearance. There's an appearance <laughs> because you can at least you can at least, from a standpoint of argument, say, "Hey, he's improved the team. They were at the Eastern That's Conference okay. Finals. Okay. Had a weird flub in the bubble, you know." Ousted in the semifinals and then back topped his Eastern Conference finals and got you to the uh, NBA finals. It's the only way. Yeah. It's the only way. Okay, I'll take I'll buy that. I'll take that. 608 321 Twitter is at Zone Madison. What would you do? Last night, Kevin Durant scores 49 points, grabs 17 rebounds, dishes out 10 assists. The Nets beat the Bucks 150 or 114, excuse me, to 108. Take game five. Kevin Durant became the first player. In NBA history, to record at least 45 points, 15 boards, and 10 assists in a playoff game. 
the first player in NBA history, at least 45 points, 15 boards, and 10 assists. What we witnessed last night was ridiculous. It was insane. <laughs> All right, Rowdy, I got comments here from Giannis Dendekumbo. Chris Middleton. Can't wait. Head coach Mike Budenholzer. Let's go to public enemy number one first. Before that, actually, I see this phone line blowing up. Who's this? Welcome to the show. <laughs> okay, never mind. Here is Mike Boonholzer, public enemy number one, about Brooklyn mating, making excuse me, a big shot at the end. We'll start right there. What do you say, Booty? At the end of the day, you know, they made one shot from 35, 40 feet. That was a three. And, you know, we had a couple looks that we just, you know, we didn't convert, you know, foul a couple times. And so, you know, there, there's, I think 21 is not enough, but there's also some opportunities. You make one or two more shots and it's 25, 27, 28. And, you know, it, it's a basket for basket game, like you said. He's really saying that they made one big shot at the end. My God, Kevin Durant put on a historic performance of a lifetime. It's something that's never been done before. We're gonna we're just say one shot. Kevin Durant, Rowdy, Kevin, like, am I taking crazy pills right now? Kevin Durant made sixteen of twenty three. He had forty nine points. <laughs> Speaking of Durant, here's Booty on uh, KD. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's you think of everything, you kind of go through it, and you see how the series has evolved, and special performance by him, credit to him, um, you know, some tough shots. So, you know, we got to look at it, figure out, um, you know, getting better, but special by him. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Durant shot 70% from the floor, <laughs> shot almost 45% from three, shot over 80% from the line, Scored 49 points, had 17 rebounds, and 10 assists. So not only did he have a triple-double, but he added three steals, two blocks, and just three turnovers. But here's the thing. Mike Budenholzer said P.J. Tucker and Drew Holiday made Durant work for his 49. Tuck, Chris, uh, Drew, these guys are doing a you know fabulous job, and he still goes for 49. You give him credit. You know, I don't think it was easy. You know, we got to look at everything, but uh, you know, he had to work for it. And, uh, you know, we just got to figure out how to get to, to game six and, and, and win at home. Kevin Durant played the entire game, every single second of the game, and shot 69.6% from the field overall in a historic performance. And Mike Budenholzer says, P.J. Tucker and Drew Holiday, I also saw Chris Middleton on him, made him work for it. He shot 70% from the field. Yeah, I'm not a Kevin Durant Durant fan by any means. I think he's good at basketball. I think he's kind of a little turd. <laughs> he's um, a tall turd. But he's slender man. That's what winners do. He's a winner. That's that's what winners do. They say, "Well, when I don't have all the players around me, give me the basketball. I'm going to score it. I'm going to put the team on my back." That's exactly what he did. <sighs> That's what winners and champions do. That's why the Bucks never do it. Kevin Durant. Because they're not winners or champs. Kevin Durant became, speaking of other winners and champions, Kevin Durant became the first player since LeBron James in 2019 to play every minute of a playoff game. He also said he had to. He also set a Nets franchise record for points, surpassing Vince Carter. Yeah, Vince Sanity. With the 49 points, Vince Sanity said it. Vince Carter said it. 15 years ago with 43. Do you think that the Nets win that game if uh, Kevin Durant sits out a couple minutes in the second half? Nope. Kevin he Durant had to do it. Kevin Durant scored 30 30 
of his 49 points in the second half. But yeah, here's the thing. They made him work for it. Okay. What are we doing? <laughs> Make Boone. Like, this is this is even more embarrassing for the Bucks, in my opinion. Because when you if you lost to the Nets at full strength, everyone can say, hey, they have Kevin Durant, they have James Harden, they have Kyrie Irving. They have the more talent. Oh, you they have Blake Griffin, he's a great role player. Oh, they have Jeff Green, he's a great role player. Oh, they have Joe Harris, he's a great shooter. Like you can argue that they have more talent. Well, now when all of those guys well, I guess the majority of the series, James Harden has been down. And now in game five, Kyrie Irving was out, but James Harden came back. Well, look at what James Harden did. He might as well have stayed on the bench. One for 10 from the field. Yeah, he was nothing. 0 for 8 shooting the three. Had just five points. He was struggling dribbling and passing the ball, especially early in the game. Mm. He might have been a, a a bigger negative for the team than he was a positive. And you and you still got it done, and they got it done with role players like Blake Griffin Jeff and Jeff Green. Green behind obviously Kevin Durant's performance. I think it looks worse. It's bad. The Milwaukee Bucks have an uncanny ability to listen. Kawhi Leonard against the when he was on the Raptors, we already knew he was a phenomenal player. But my God, the Bucks made him look like the best player in the history of the NBA in that series as the Raptors eventually go on to win the NBA Finals. Last night, Kevin Durant cemented himself as the best player currently in the NBA at the hands of the Milwaukee Bucks. Tough. Giannis Adenokounmpo, who was all-team NBA, announced after the game. Giannis Adenokounmpo, the back-to-back MVP. Giannis Adenokounmpo, all-defense in the NBA, was asked why he wasn't guarding Kevin Durant. Well, here's Giannis on just that. Sure. I want to take the challenge, and you know, obviously, everybody's going to have a chance to guard him. But um, I, would, I would love going to game game six to be able to guard him. And uh, if coach wants me to do that, you know, I'm ready for that. Giannis admitted basically that Mike Budenholzer told him he was not allowed to guard Kevin Durant yesterday last night. All team defense, first team NBA, back to back MVP, same size, same poundage, everything. On the Slim Reaper, Kevin Durant, but Giannis says, Mike Bunos says, no, Giannis, don't guard him. All I have to say with Giannis saying he wishes he had the opportunity to guard him and he's hoping in game six that he can guard him, careful what you wish for. Well, Because when he tried to guard him in games one and two, I saw Kevin Durant put him on skates. Well, how about this, Rowdy? Giannis was asked on potential ways to slow KD. Here's the Greek freak. We've been, you, you've been around us like a, a long time. What do you What do you think? Let's have a conversation. Uh, the first two things that come to mind is you could have guarded him. Me personally? Yes. Okay. What else? What's the second? The second idea would be to double the ball out of his hands. Oh, man. Oh, I don't know, man. Just keep making it tough. Uh, obviously... One of the best scorers to ever play the game. It's it's kind of it's tough. It's tough, you know. Like he he's the best. He's the best player in the world right now. And uh, we gotta we gotta beat him as a team. We gotta guard him as a team. We gotta make him um, make tough shots like tonight. Uh, and we just gotta keep doing our job. And hopefully, like he hopefully he's gonna miss. What in the f was that? It got it's so bad that they don't know what to do with Kevin Durant that Giannis is asking. 
the reporters who've probably never played a game in their life and have mustard stains down their white button down. Giannis is asking reporters how they think he should guard or they should guard Kevin Durant. Rowdy, what in the F is going on? What was that? Now, I know there's a little tongue-in-cheek from Giannis. I understand that. But are you serious? I actually kind of like what he said. We turned it around on the reporter. I like that. What would you do? I like it too, but at the same time, you got to scratch your head. You're like, what? But you have to try. You even, have the to reporter, try. even the reporter says, well, my first thought would be, how about you guard him? You have to try something. You have to, you actually have to change it up a little bit because obviously what you were doing wasn't working, right? No, no, clearly. And what even if even if you change it up and it continues not to work, then I guess you tip your hat to KD and just say, "Well, you're just you're just frankly better than anyone we had to guard you." But until you really exhaust all the different um changes you could make, it's you're just being dumb by not changing anything. <laughs> I was here from Chris Middleton. Middleton was guarding KD near, near the end of that game there. So here's Middleton on uh, Durant and the tough shots he had. He's hitting strong tough shots. I mean, you know, that's what he's been doing his whole career. One of the best scorers we definitely saw. A plus a person tonight. Middleton also talks about the offensive issues in the fourth. Yeah, everybody was just in the standstill. You know, I think we built our lead by moving it a little bit more, driving and kicking, playing in space, playing a little bit faster. You know, but it's harder when you take the ball out the net pretty much every time. Rowdy, what was that stat you had a little earlier in the show about uh, Chris Middleton in the final eight minutes of the game? Yeah, his final eight minutes, he was 0 for 4 from the field, grabbed just one rebound. And he's the Bucks number two? Yeah, and he's the guy you want with the ball in his hand taking those big-time shots. And I think there's something to be said about how, you know, a lot of the NBA is a lot of ISO basketball. It's one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Why do the Bucks look so much better when it's not ISO basketball and they actually move the basketball? and they, they drive and kick or they move the ball around, why does the offense just seem to look so much better when they do share the basketball? Because ISO basketball, yeah, it can look good when you have a guy that's extremely hot or on a, or having a, a real good game like Kevin Durant. But uh, when you move the basketball, you give everyone oppor- opportunities to have open looks. And um, if your guys don't hit them, they don't hit them. But playing ISO basketball with less talent just normally turns out to be a loser. <laughs> it's... It's tough out well, there. Well, think about it. No, you're right. I mean, like, you're if you're playing one-on-one against someone that's that's better than you, what are the odds you're going to beat them one-on-one playing ISO basketball? You have to use the team around you. Yep. It's, uh, <sighs> A lot of ISO basketball for the Bucks late in that game. Yep. Uh, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday talks about chances, but just couldn't do it. I know a lot of games come down to those last three minutes, but um, – we had opportunities. We had opportunities to kind of bust the game open. There's some opportunities there where, again, just I don't know if it was fate or whatever, just wasn't on our side. But our team plays hard, man. And we got some dogs, and we play defense as well. And we probably do it the best in the league. So for this de- game to kind of be mucked up like it was is, is a little disappointing to me. When you hear a guy that say that they play defense probably the best in the league, and then you go and look at the team they played against, and the guy that they're guarding just put on an historic performance, something that's never been done before. What do you th- What do you think? Not tonight. <laughs> well, well, exactly. Even, not tonight. Even going back to like the the Bucks and playing ISO basketball. If you're going to play that way, and Giannis is the guy that you're isolating, one on one, and it's with James Harden. If you're playing someone one on one, and you're clearly uh, healthier than them, and and faster than them, and taller than them. You're harder, better, faster, stronger, Rowdy. 
yeah, why why are you taking jump shots? I I mean when when you played basketball against a younger brother that was <laughs> taking to the le- rack, le- yeah, lesser lesser talented. Show than him you, what it's like. You basically just bully him, right? Yeah, you bully him. All you just back him down, bully him, and then <laughs> show him what it's like in the paint. Maybe occasionally take a three if you're just kind of messing with them. The moment, the moment. I, I don't think I'd be messing with anybody in a game five in an Eastern Conference semifinals against the most talented team in the conference. And uh, Giannis decides to continue to take jumpers. The moment, Rowdy, the moment that I knew the Bucks were doomed was when Giannis took on James Harden one-on-one. Giannis told his team, I got this. And then Giannis, who is like five, six inches taller than James Harden, you know, 25, 30, 40 pounds heavier, doesn't take him to the rack. Harden, who's hobbled with a bad hamstring, instead settles for a fadeaway jumper. Yeah, and uh, sports handicapper Dave Essler, who we have on every Friday morning around 7.40, he texts me this morning and goes, Bud has to go. Not doubling Durant in the fourth and not even going at Harden on offense. That seals the deal for me. The fountain of Wisconsin sports knowledge. This man is uh, just God's gift to it. Our guy. Happy belated birthday. Zach Heilprin. Thank you, sir. Zach, how are we doing today, my friend? I'm doing very good. Well, that's good. I know you you stay even keeled. You know, it's always it's always you're just right down the middle. Mm. Nothing upsets you really too much, besides if we're not eating our tendies. You know, by the end mm. of the short squeeze here. But Zach, I gotta ask you, brother. What the hell happened last night with the Milwaukee Bucks? Is it Kevin Durant literally just had a performance of the ages, or the defense for the Bucks just didn't show up when needed? Well, it depends who you ask, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, Mike Budenholzer said they they made him work for those. 49 points. Yeah. Um, right? It made some tough shots. It made tough shots. Look, I, here's the thing. You can look at it a couple of different ways. This feels very much like after game two. Now, obviously, they didn't have a 17-point lead in game two. They just got the doors beat off of them. But everyone thought the series was over. And then they come back and win the next two games. And I think you can look at it a positive way, negative way. I mean, each team is held at home, and that's what Milwaukee needs to do tomorrow night. And uh, I think that's probably the best way to look at it. It took a historic performance from Kevin Durant to beat them last night. And uh, it took, you know, them a little, a little puckering on, on their end of it to lose that game. So, I don't know. I mean, it's it's very disappointing if you're a Bucks fan. Like, you had that game, and then you come home tomorrow night, and you take the series, and you move on. And now they have to uh, win two games to get it done. Zach, it's something uh, I know you know about this, but I'm going to bring it up for some listeners that don't. The uh, nut kick continuum. It's just, mm. I, I don't, there's got to be some thing. in-depth story about like the pain we suffer as Wisconsin sports fans for all of our sports here. Just a little thirty for thirty. On uh, it'd be like a sixty. The, it'd be like a sixty for sixty. We need a lot of time it, for it. <laughs> it would be. Um, yeah. No, you're right. It it is. It, the game wasn't an elimination game. Yeah, I know. It just felt it was bad. Game five, like. They used to have five game series back in the day. It's not five games anymore. It's it's seven. So it felt like one of those things that just breaks your back. I I agree. I completely agree. And it's just a matter of like if they don't show up tomorrow night, then yes, that's the game you look at and be like that. You add that one to all the other nut kicks that have happened over the last what <laughs> ten years. Yeah, it's I mean, been a long time, man. It's been. I mean, really since really since the Super Bowl, right? Uh, the Super Bowl forty five. Pretty much everything else has just been a. Boom, 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 like that type of thing in the playoffs for every Wisconsin sports team and, and the NCAA tournament, too, and all that stuff. But 
we have to wait and see. Like, if they come back and win tomorrow night and then they go out to uh, Brooklyn again and, and get another shot at it and they win that, then, then we don't even think about Game 5. But yeah, right now, point. yeah, it's, 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 it sucks. And the, the biggest question is, um, what the hell? Why aren't you putting Giannis on Katie at some point? Like, And I know P.J. Tucker's done a really good job for the most part in the series, but <laughs> you got to put – the guy's the first team all-defense player. you got to put him on him. Just yeah. let him have a shot. If, if nothing else is working – you got to let him have a shot. Well, Zach, it was crazy after the game. Giannis, I know it was kind of tongue-in-cheek like him, like flipping it on the reporters, but Giannis asking reporters how they would have guarded Kevin Durant. Just... <laughs> it, it, did you play that clip? I did. I, I did last segment, yeah. Yeah. It, I, he he will have that conversation, though. Like he, Especially the guy that he was at, that was asking the questions, was Eric Name from The Athletic. He's had those type of things before. But, yeah, I mean, he didn't want to say it himself, right? Yeah. Like he didn't want to say – I, the way I would have done it, I would have put myself on him and just gone gone to work. Like that's what he probably would have wanted to say. So, but yeah, I, I can't imagine why you wouldn't at least try that. Like it, it's not even for a full game. Like PJ Tucker has done a pretty solid job. Kevin Durant got hot. He had thirty points in the second half. You got to find some way to slow that down when nobody else. Has, I mean, the only problem is Jeff Green was on fire too, right? right. Like how, how do you? I mean, it wasn't just KD beating them. It was other guys too. Yeah. And by other guys and just being one other guy though, like Griffin was okay too. Yeah, I mean Kevin Durant, wow. Man. He's a he's a beast, man. He's and Giannis said it after he's the best player in the in the world right now. Yeah, I mean I mean yeah, I mean I'm, all the headlines right now, Kevin Durant cements himself as the best player in the NBA, best Giannis as best player in the world. It's hard to argue against it. What he did last night was historic. I was just like I'm like I'm I can't believe I'm watching this, but I can believe it, you know. It's just yeah, crazy. It, it's him. Hey. That's, I mean he needed that Look, he he is a two-time Finals MVP. It's just that he never got credit for it because he did it with uh, Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson. There. Like he didn't get the credit that he probably wanted and probably deserved. And last night was one of those games where you, all of a sudden people remember who Kevin Durant is. And I don't know why people needed to remember, but he showed. Yeah, Kevin Durant was so good last night, Zach, that Kevin Durant's burner accounts didn't have to do anything last night. <laughs> they stayed dormant. Zach Halford, our sports director, joining us. Yeah. Zach, they did. Yeah. Uh, so you're bringing up an MVP like Kevin Durant, but how about a three-time MVP in Aaron Rodgers? I know you watched his little uh, comments with uh, you know Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson, and Tom Brady. I loved how Rodgers blurred out his background so you couldn't tell where he was. Uh, what was your takeaway? Rodgers, was he like teeing off? I know Tom Brady was making some comments about how uh, he has a partner that can go for it, and Aaron Rodgers wishes he could go for it. And then Rodgers chimed in, kind of making fun of the Packers coaching staff and brass. What was your, what was your takeaway from that uh, little conversation with those four guys for the match? Can we talk about why he blurred his background out? Like it, it was weird because you could see it through his headphones, right? Yeah. Like you could see that. I, I don't. I didn't get that. I don't understand that. But either way, um, is he in Hawaii? Can we figure that out? Is he still in Hawaii? Did it look uh, like he was there? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, like I don't. I don't really get that. But either way, he. Yeah, I mean that joke is getting so old. Like the Tom Brady, Tom Brady said he's going to continue to make the joke as long as he can, as many times as he can in the next month, and that's fine. But it's, it's the joke is old. How much, how much seriousness did you think Rogers was saying? Like just in terms of like his offseason. Like I know a lot of people thought it was tongue in cheek, but I kind of felt like it wasn't necessarily that 
big of a joke, you know? It definitely I, was not. I think he was being sarcastic, but at the same time, he's like, I like not being around. It's nice. like it, Right, and so, not yeah. having any responsibilities and, you know, just essentially taking his offseason the way that he wanted to take his offseason. It's low profile. Uh, it's peaceful. Right. Like, in, in reality, it, it kind of is because he hasn't really done a ton of things. Like, outside of this, I mean, the Hawaii trip became very public because uh, Miles Teller's wife wanted to make it very public, right? <laughs> I mean, she just posted all that stuff, and it was everywhere. And the Kentucky Derby is kind of the same way. Like, Rogers didn't have a ton, didn't do a ton of that. Uh, the golf things like is going to be the first thing where he's really huge, like national. I guess Kenny Maine too, but for the most part, it has just been laid back and not doing anything and kind of staying out of the public eye for the most part. Even though everyone here is just going crazy, so I, I don't know how how uh, how much dripping and how much of that was just you know him being sarcastic. Sarcastic, yeah. I think. I think he's a troll master. He's a, he's like trolling. With. He's like expert trolling right now. Yes, in the, in, the, in the T-shirt, you throw that in there. Now, I don't think anybody knew. Like, yeah, maybe I, he knew how it was going to be taken, and that's why he wore that T-shirt, um, because that was kind of where that T-shirt came from, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's sure a comedian. It's a comedian who trolls, a comedian who's very satirical in Awakening with JP that Rogers is a fan of. Um, you know, I'm a fan of his, too. But it's a, it's a, literally a shirt that a comedian has up for sale starting in 2019. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, I was, I was yeah. laughing. And nobody got it, uh, for the most part, outside of the most – Observant, like yourself. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. Very cultured in all the different <laughs> mo- modes and, and all the satirical, satirical a holes. I'm very cultured yeah. in that. Yes. Yes, you've got. You're all over that. So, well, Zach, <laughs> it, let me ask it, you though. It's just so ridiculous. It's, it, 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 he is not going to be. I, I just don't think he's going to be offended by Mark Murphy's. Um, he's a complicated fellow. He is a complicated fellow. Now it's now whether that's true or not. Should Mark Murphy be saying it? Absolutely not. That's just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Take your advice from a week before, where it was like, don't you know? We're just not going to talk about, uh, or you know, it's best for everybody to, to say less publicly. And then he comes out and just steps in it again, which is just kind of his his mo. Um, you know, Matt Lafleur said all the right things. Brian Kudikunz said all the right things. You got Mark Murphy <laughs> just. You diving into the... the hey, he's not an idiot. Pool. He's not an idiot, okay? He told us that. No, 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 no. He said we're not idiots, so maybe yeah, in that, that group of three, he's saying we are, but he never said I'm not. Yeah, that's, that's he, actually... He has, been, he has been fantastic for their business operations, but my goodness, yep. he is not, not great for PR. <laughs> a capital N-O-T. Hey, Ooh. Zach, let me ask you, man. So everyone's going to freak out about a, a shirt Aaron Rodgers is wearing when it's literally just a, a troll, a joke from a comedian. Uh, but then here's this. To, uh, this week's the final you know, for a mandatory minicamp, and I'm reading right here, almost all of the Packers veteran starters are skipping the final week of on-field work during uh, this, but Aaron Rodgers, or I'm sorry, Aaron Jones is there. Do you think this will even be a story? No. Because Matt LaFleur said earlier this, uh, when he was describing why they moved the minicamp up like week, he said like the, the OTAs, the fourth OTAs could, or the fourth week of OTAs would count, like even if you didn't show up, would count if you went through meetings, like um, virtual meetings. Yeah. So, like he, didn't, he made it clear that the veterans didn't have to show up. Uh, you know, so I, I don't think it's going to be a story. Now, maybe some people will make it a story, but considering every veteran except for Aaron Jones uh, isn't there, you know, a veteran starter isn't there. It's not a big deal. Um, when your coach says, when they're first of all they're voluntary, and second of all your coach says you don't have to show up and you can still get credit <laughs> if you go through, uh, you know, virtual, um, virtual meetings. Like yeah, it's like no. the, it's like that college class where you just have to have attendance. You just show up and then maybe sneak out. 
Right. And 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 yet and even in this like it's just open up your computer and yeah. get credit for attending. Yeah, and just put some tape over your webcam so they can't see it. I mean, it's pretty exactly. easy. Exactly. It's pretty easy. Yes. Dude. All right, Zach, man, um crazy. So, I don't know, Packers, Bucks, uh, I'm, we're going to bitch about the Brewers, so I'm going to save that for Audi and I. But yeah, okay. and when all on the Wisconsin front, man, nothing really you know, going on, right? Uh, everything's kind of just like hanging in the weeds right now for the Badgers football. Well, what do you what do you guys think about the the playoff? Oh, 12 teams? Yeah. I mean, I like it. I like more teams in. 12 seems a little excessive, but I'll take it. I mean, Badgers going to get in then. Let's go. How big of a help? Yeah. I mean, how big of a help is it for Wisconsin not having to beat Ohio State now? Now you just you get to the championship game, don't embarrass yourself. And uh, you're probably in. They would have been in three of the seven years. Yeah. Hey, so. did, I, did I see that UW, if you saw this, is hiring like a, a firm to help uh, players like make money off their likeness? Did you see that? U dub. Yes. Uh, it, it's uh, it's a firm to help educate and to help oh, build. Okay. And, and no, and to help, you know, show players how to build their brand online. Whenever the NLI comes, whenever the uh, name image likeness legislation comes down from Congress, because right now Wisconsin does not have a bill, so yeah. they can't actually do it. But they'll be able to do it when, uh, whenever Congress gets something done and, and passed at the national level. Um, but until then, Wisconsin's got a bit of a, a disadvantage than some other states that have already done it. Zach, we always love your brand at Zach Halperin on Twitter. We love you. Happy belated birthday, man. I hope your wildest dreams came true last night as you uh, turn the pay- the calendar uh, for another year, my friend. Good stuff. All right. Thanks, guys. See you, buddy. There he is, our sports director, Zach Halperin.